0: Okay, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 48 today. And we're getting close to the end of Genesis. And I'm as excited as I am sad. <laughs> it's been such a great journey to go through this, uh, this fairly large book over this period of time that we've been in. And so we've come to that point to where Jacob, known as Israel, is now getting much older towards the end of his days. And in fact, in the previous chapter... Jacob and his family had made it to Egypt to be with with Joseph, his, his second youngest son who he hadn't seen in years because he thought he had been dead all these years. And so Joseph had been in charge of Egypt. He was second in command to the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh offered jacob and his family to come and and settle in the best land in egypt which was known as goshen that him and his whole family could take that land take the prime land of all places as well and so they ended up going there as basically as shepherds sheepherders of sorts and and so joseph was there to basically be a provider for his family in fact, he wasn't just a provider for his family. He ended up becoming quite the administrator over Egypt. People were coming to him over, over this famine to, to figure out what to do as, as food was no longer being um, distributed like it was. Money was of no use. So Joseph came up with a plan basically in order to come up with ways that people could be provided for. And Joseph was just, again, not just uh, the provider for his family, but he was also, again, the the main source of the providing for uh, Egypt in, in regards to human form. Because he was given the vision that Egypt would be in a major famine, so was the other areas around them. But at the time, Egypt was flourishing for some time, but there was coming a time where they wouldn't be. So Joseph had given the vision to the Pharaoh that we need to store... We need to be storing enough enough food and stuff to keep us for a period of time. And so the pharaoh listened to Joseph and everything he had to say. And and so uh, Jacob and his family had made it uh, to to Egypt. And basically, Jacob asked Joseph as he made a vow. He made a vow to him as, as he was getting older that when his time comes for him to pass away that his body would be taken back to Canaan. Now, why back to Canaan was because that was the promised land that was given to his grandfather and father, which Jacob and Isaac and Abraham were known as the patriarchs. And so that's where his father and grandfather were buried, his mother and grandmother, you know, and so on and so forth. And so he wanted to be buried back where his fathers had been when his time was up. But he wanted to be with Joseph. And God's grace and mercy has just been such a blessing to see. Because not only did he bring him back into his presence, he also gave him something very precious. He gave him time. Because time is very precious. He gave him a period of years to spend... With Joseph, and, and in fact, you know, he's going to, uh, to see grandchildren and so on and so forth. And this is again, this is going to be an exciting, uh, study here to see, because again, this is all of God's grace and mercies, God's hand and provision that we're seeing here. So as, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 48, and we are going to be looking at verses, uh, first verses 1 through 6. And it says, Now as it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself up and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful, and multiply you, and I will make you of a multitude of people, and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours." They will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. Jacob is again now at the end of his days and tells Joseph the story of how God blessed him when he met God the first time, which was an unforgettable moment for him. It's where his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. He brings Joseph in for an important inheritance meeting. Okay, Jacob claims Joseph's two sons as his own, Manasseh and Ephraim. And earlier chapters showed 12 sons, which would make 12 tribes of Israel. Now, the number 12 is a number of governing from a divine standpoint, which was God's ordaining. Uh, for instance, you had 12 tribes. You had, we had 12 apostles in the New Testament. Uh, King Solomon himself put together 12 governors under him. So those were just examples in regards to the uh, biblical numerology of 12. And that was in regards to divine governing and so why adopt more is the question here well later we will see that some things will change with tribes as the tribe of levi will become a holy priesthood and will not inherit land but they will inherit the priesthood Uh, the tribe of dan who inherited the farthest north tip of israel would become one of israel's most paganistic people in areas in the country Which is why you won't see them listed in the book of Revelation in the return of the 144,000 of the 12 tribes. But then again, that's towards the end of the Bible just to give you an idea if if you've already seen that and wondered why the tribe of Dan was no longer uh, mentioned in the book of Revelation. Well, they went astray. But Jacob, he did something extraordinary in regards to the two sons being born in Egypt. Uh, They were going to be like the other sons, which would put them in the inheritance of the land by Jacob's adoption. Uh, the Levites would be given, or what they would do is they would be appointed in 48 different cities that they would serve in as a priestly tribe. And, and Jacob had been in Egypt for some years now. At this point, so, so Joseph's sons would probably be in their 20s at this time. Now, though Joseph was a part of Egypt and his sons were born there, he knows where his true home is by his Hebrew nationality. And at the end of Genesis, we will see that in Joseph's request for burial, there was something special here with his grandchildren for for Jacob to do this. To, To do the opposite of cultural tradition as Reuben would have received the double portion as the oldest male from the forms of blessings. But God overrides tradition when he sees righteousness over seniority in the family. Now, as we carry on, we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 11 here. But as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way. When there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is, the Bethlehem, Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face. But in fact, God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. Now, at this point, Jacob was losing his eyesight, but he was able to see two kids come up to Joseph, little ones, as they were holding on to his knees. (laughs) And this was the pleasant story of a long-lost family reunion. It's interesting in the turn of events in Jacob's old age, as Jacob was old and becoming blind. Uh, Jacob had experience in this, but actually in a less pleasant manner. You know, Jacob's father Isaac was old and blind, and he wanted to bless Jacob's twin brother Esau. Well, Jacob was to receive the blessing, but Isaac favored Esau, so he wanted to bless him. The mother had Jacob put hair on, uh, hair on his arms because Esau was a hairy guy and, and they were twins, but Esau was very hairy. And Isaac had fell for it when he had touched his arms and automatically thought that it was his son Esau because he couldn't see either. He was going blind and he couldn't see, but he was able to feel his arms and he could feel how hairy he was from the fake hair that was put on and he, and he fell for it. Jacob got the blessing from his father. But in the absolute truth of the matter, it was God who was ordaining the blessing to Jacob. But of course, Isaac wanted to give it to his favorite. Well, their mother, who favored Jacob, went ahead and pulled a switcheroo when when Esau was away. Esau found out and vowed to kill his brother. And then Jacob runs off to his uncle's house in in the next country over from their homeland, from the from his uh, parents' homeland. So Jacob hadn't seen his brother in about 20 years and finally met with his kids and said the same thing in seeing Jacob's kids for the first time. So the experience now was completely different for Jacob as his past experience was based on his own actions we're seeing versus that what God does in his actions. Uh, The experience was similar in some ways, but more blessed this time for Jacob is he will be getting to bless his grandsons. But he will be doing it without fear of anyone this time, or, any, or anything unlike his youth with his brother. No schemes, no plans. Yeah, just doing so in God's timing, and God's anointing. Uh, Jacob's enduring relationship with God at this point will be passed on to Joseph's sons. And may we establish the same relationship with God that will be, that will be passed on to our generations? I, I think it's vital to, to see parents and grandparents raising their children in the ways of God, because they truly are the future. And so Jacob here was again, just extremely blessed to be to have been able to to see his grandchildren. And, and to bless them and, and to give them the blessing and and, and take them on as like an adoption. And again, this was definitely ordained by God because we see later on that their names were mentioned in the book of Revelation and the return of the tribes. Now as we carry on, we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 16. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down to the face of the earth, and Joseph took them both from Ephraim, took both Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them as, as near. And then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, let my name be named upon them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So again, from the looks of it at this time, Joseph's kids were young as they were clinging to his knees. And what a precious sight for Jacob, even though he was losing his sight. Uh, it was a precious sight to have been able to see because he got to embrace his grandsons. It's such a blessing to have time on earth and to be able to not just see grandchildren, but to actually be a part of them. And that's one of God's many gifts. You know, I loved and adored the time with all my grandparents. And I thank God for it. And we see Joseph's thanks as toward his father, as he bows his face to the ground. As the top official in Egypt, he recognized the authority that God gave to his father, Jacob. See, Jacob took Ephraim in his right hand and Manasseh in his left. And Ephraim was put in the right hand, which showed that he would be blessed with power and authority. The right hand was a sign of power and strength. And and that's actually what Benjamin's name means, son of the right, which was uh, Jacob's youngest son, who will be the tribe of Benjamin. And now later, Ephraim would become the one of of power, or the greater tribe, but both of them would be blessed. And, And Jacob gives the recognition to God as his shepherd, uh, the one who fed me, he said. As Jacob has reached his older age, he made known his dependency on God in his youth. He was a schemer at the time. He did whatever possible to get what he wanted. But he allowed God to shepherd him. And we must as well develop the same attitude to allow God to shepherd us to trust in his provisions. You know, realizing that every good thing that comes from God will give us the ability to not try to grab hold of things ourselves. As always, the greatest leaders that we could observe were the ones who were led by God first. And I mention that often as one who can speak from experience. I myself, as one who leads, must remember the standard and the true source of why I was able to make it through these things. And most important, it's giving the recognition and the glory to God as he deserves all the praise. In verse 17 to 22. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, so he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of an Amorite with my sword and my bow. So Joseph figured by normal standards that the older should be on the right. But see, Jacob knew who God was giving the blessing to. What we can see that being the oldest does not mean uh, the older one gets their way or should get all the favoritism. Uh, Joseph was the perfect example. You know, Benjamin. uh, Cain was older than Abel, and he killed his brother out of jealousy. God sees the light in a spirit, not the physical seniority. But, what, but what's in the heart, and that was revealed by God, was given to Jacob. Joseph was given an extra portion, being the second youngest of the twelve, but also the father of the two tribes from his sons. Uh, the land he took from the Amorites was just seen, which uh, were a wicked group who lived in the mountains of Canaan, uh, which the land was, uh, as a whole, will be his uh, descendants 400 years later. He gave Joseph a little prophetic insight that you too will return home, which we will see soon. Uh, Listening to Jacob speak is something to listen closely to because when someone is at the end of their days, what you're hearing is wisdom at its best. In our youth, we did things our way because it was the right way, right? (laughs) At least in our own minds. But when someone knows their time is up, you know, they really show their hearts it's never easy to say goodbye to someone when eternity comes near. But listening to the, uh, to them is something. It's something to really hear. And the one thing that stood out in his words was in verse 21 was I am dying but God will be with you. When it's all said and done, that is the greatest reminder that we can tell those we love. To teach them that as one who had uh, who had God with them through their life in the best and worst of times, Jacob was able to speak to Joseph in, in confidence. Well, with the same message that Jacob said to Joseph, I, I want to give to you the same. I want to be able to say that God will be with you, and that can happen by a simple prayer. And, and Jacob here is passing the torch, as he made known that he's dying And he gives the larger portion because Joseph is technically the father of two tribes. But again, as a father, he reminded Joseph of something he already experienced. He said that God will be with you. You know, Joseph was an example of that, as was Jacob. But hearing it from your father, the last of the patriarchs, was good confirmation. You know, as Jacob was giving an account of his life... You know, our fathers and our mothers, our grandparents, they they all have a story, a a past. And some have some pretty wild stories. You know, some don't want to speak of certain things either, right? But when God is in you, he will be with you. We will never be able to drive to the next destination as long as we're looking at the rearview mirror, showing what's behind us. The question is, is what is dearest to you? Is it our home? Maybe our career, our finances? Our status uh, among other people? Jacob showed what should be our priorities in life, is what we're seeing here. And those priorities is that of our eternal existence. But while we're here, we have time. Maybe a little. Some have more than others. But may we do well with the time that's been given to us because what we do here will make a difference. But more than worrying about, you know, rewards or merits, may we do, may we do what we do and be done strictly for the love toward our Lord. Because as we have come to an end, I remind us of what he did for us out of love. See, love is the greatest ethic that he, that God ever gave to mankind. When I take a look at like little children, I could use my own as an example. Even as toddlers, as, as babies, they 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 cannot tell you that they love you. But sometimes you could see it in their eyes and in their actions. And, and that, again, is an ethic that only God could have given to a, to a man or a woman, to a child. And it, it was the greatest of ethics. And nobody nobody showed it better than him. So again, as I, as I observe this and as I read this, I think of the time that Joseph had and the time that Jacob had. And, and I think that's the important thing—the word, the time, the, the word "time" and the aspect of it. What are we going to do with that that's been given to us? I've mentioned many times throughout each chapter of Genesis. You know, each chapter at times covers many years. Now, as as Jacob was talking about uh, the time when he was. Uh, blessing the two grandsons, that was done a couple chapters back. Jacob had already been dwelling in the land here for some time. And and Jacob's grandsons were probably most likely in their 20s by now, as as when this happened, they were just little kids, little guys, wrapped around their father's legs, wondering who this old man is that they'd never seen before. So when I look at the, each chapter of the Bible and I think of the time that goes by, I think, wow, whatever what happened in between those years, you know? But obviously, obviously something good throughout those years have come since we've seen the end result. A blessing to come. A blessing to come... By perseverance. A blessing to come by faith. A blessing always to come by obedience. And so again, with, with every message spoken, uh, the, the most important thing with the equipping of the saints is to also allow those who have never received the Lord, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to do so. To, to receive Him into your heart. Because the Bible says that no one can enter the kingdom unless they've been born again, and that can only be done through receiving the Lord, and our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, into your heart, through belief, through faith. And and what's really neat about all of this, if you've been following along, you're gonna you're gonna receive the Lord, and you're gonna be with Him for all eternity in heaven. And I think what's really neat, too, is we're going to be able to meet all of these people we're reading about. We're going to be able to know them. We're going to be able to talk with them, to, to interact with them one day. Because eternity is just that. There is no leaving. It, it is time will seem to not exist there as a thousand years in heaven as to a day on earth. We will not have to worry about a clock. <laughs> we won't have to worry about being late somewhere. Because it's going to be perfect. God is up there waiting for us. But again, the only thing we have down here is time. It might be short, it might be long, but again, time is of the essence. So if you're listening to this message... And it doesn't matter how old you are. You might be a young man. You might be a young woman. You might be a teenager. You might be up there in your years. However old it might be. It doesn't matter. The time is now. Because he wants you just the way you are at whatever age you are. It's your time. So, if you feel led to receive the Lord Jesus into your heart, I want you to say this prayer after me. Dear Lord... Please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins. I confess to you that I am a sinner. And Lord, I ask of you to come into my heart, Lord. And Lord, I want to thank you for receiving me, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to cleanse me of my sins, Lord. And I want to thank you for having me, Lord. Lord, I accept you as my Father, my Lord, and my Savior. And I ask, Lord, that you will remain in me, Lord, and I will remain in you. As I draw near to you, may you draw near to me, Father. As, Lord, as I accept you now as my Father and my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So may God bless you and keep you may you continue to walk in his ways and his statutes and may we continue to seek him on a daily basis and I'll be praying for you that you'd be walking closely with him and may every day be blessed with him as you have received him as Lord and Savior God bless you